All right, so what did I tell you to go? First Corinthians 4? I believe that's what I said. Uh, so we've been talking about, obviously, we've been talking about faithfulness. And there's, you know, many are called, but few are chosen. So there's <laughs> every faithfulness, as we talked about uh, last week, is not necessarily something that everybody's um, uh, capable of. So let's look here, verse 2. It says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You know, years ago I was reading through that and it, 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 it had this uh, connotation of a surprise inspection. You know, so, so uh, I worked in corrections for a while uh, with youth and so the, the thing about working in corrections, you know this, right? The thing is like, you need harmony. It could be a very crazy atmosphere. I work maximum security for youth. And um, so, so you gotta stay prayed up. You know, I had to plead the blood of Jesus when I went in and out. Um, but, but this is the other thing, you can't be lazy. So like you can't be a custodial worker at work, well any job, but in corrections, because if you custodial, they're gonna make you pay. You know, like so you just don't, I don't feel like being bothered right now. So what I was, so the way I kept a, a peaceful environment is I would just surprise them. I would just show up. So the reputation was, man, Mr. Bradley, ain't no, ain't no telling when he's going. I show up at your cell. I pop in. I was always doing random drop-ins. So after a while, they, they would be looking like, well, you never know when he's going to come. So I'm just going to do the right thing because he could come anytime. And... Um, and so when I think about found faithful, I think it's the same way. Like, you know, like God is showing up. He could come any time. But when he shows up, would he find you faithful? Okay, so now, so, so, so I, I, think, I think the best. So I think generally everybody wants to be faithful, right? Is any, anybody not really want to be faithful? Nobody? <laughs> that... And, Dry, you don't want to be faithful? Oh. <laughs> so, Dry, anybody don't want to be faithful? <laughs> All right. So, but, but, so, so and, and it might be some people sitting here don't want to be faithful, but I, I, I that facetiously. I know anybody put their hands up. But so what's been stopping us from being faithful? Now, now. What did you say? Did you say earth? I said hurt. Oh, hurt. I was like, earth? <laughs> Just being here, huh? So, so my wife said, said hurt, which is good, which is thank you. And so, so she said hurt. That's, that's definitely. Betrayal, right? Unfair treatment. What did you say? Lack of understanding. Lack of understanding. Lack of forgotten. Seemingly forgotten. Yeah. Had to add something to that, you know, right? But it does. These things challenge us with being faithful. But now when God put that in there, do you think he had an indication that we would go through stuff? That people would, you say he knew? Who said he knew? Was that you? We got masks and stuff on. LaBarbera. Yeah, so he knew, right? Because he has advanced information, right? And so, so, you know, when you start reading through it faithful, it would be nice. We talked about this last week. Uh, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? 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 
And so, you know, you, you, you keep faithful. Like, uh, what, is it, what Paul said, my preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, what was in demonstration and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith should stand. Your faith should stand. To be able to stand in faith. To be able to stay uh, anchored and locked in. Um, and, you know, living this life, everything in this world system is designed to pull you out of faith. It's designed to get you off faith, right? It's designed to say, listen, they could be faithful, but in your case, you got, you're justified. You don't have to be faithful. Look, at, look, look how they played you. But, but so so, so I, I use me. So I've been played, uh, like I said, betrayed and played, right? I saw I've been played, I've been taken advantage of. I've been uh, manipulated, I've been abused, right? Just mentally, I've been broken down. I've been abandoned. I've been neglected, right? You know, from in, in the early years of life. Now, suppose God has designed for me to do something. I said suppose. That was facetious. God has designed for me to do something. And so God shows up looking for the vessel that he's earmarked to, to get some things done in this earth realm, right? And when he shows up, I'm not like, I have no sense of urgency. God shows up. I, you know how certain jobs, you show up, you, you know, you got a team now, right? You show up, everybody look like they working, right? No, but God shows up. I'm like, yo, what's up, dog? What's happening, bro? How you doing? Excuse me for saying dog, I mean, but right? how you doing, right? And, and I can see him looking like, like I just showed up. There should be some sense of, like, even if you wasn't doing it, it would be some sense of, hey, listen, man, I know I should be here, but this is, no, no, I'm not even doing that. You know why? Because I, I feel justified because I've been hurt. I've been played. So, so everybody's rushing to do, and I'm like, man, I don't know why they're rushing. Yeah, Lord, they're out there rushing, man. I want to take care of their business, but I'm glad, you know, because of what I went through. I'm, I'm grandfathered. I don't have to do nothing. That's not how it works. We, we, we don't get a pass on purpose. It eats us up from the inside when we're not walking in what we're designed to do. Even if we take what we call a break, I learned that from Ray Lomax back in the day. Even when we take a break, call ourselves taking a break, the demand for your purpose doesn't stop and wait for you to be involved again. Everything's still moving, right? So that's why we need to be found faithful, right? Does that make sense? A little bit of makes sense. So, so, and this is the thing, because I watched this how the scripture says, we talked about last week, uh, you're faithful in the least, you'd be faithful in more. He that's faithful in that, which is another man's God will give him. Give, you, give him his own, right, in uh, Luke 16. And so, so, so I learned this from youth, but I watched this in life and in my life. I've, I've done Where the faithful I've watched, they transition to each stage that they go to. So in other words, they, they, they master a level, and it, it, they get to a point where they peak, and then they transition to the next level. They master a level, they peak, and they transition to the next level. And they go through hurdles, but the hurdles just make them stronger. 
make them faster, make them more agile, make them more wise, and they just keep going to level. So, I, so when I watch their live, it looks like it's unbelievable. It's a transition. Um, but then I've also watched the unfaithful, and I have been on the unfaithful's team. You know, I've been on unfaithful's team. <laughs> you know, I, I was a vet <laughs> playing for unfaithful, right? And, uh, and I watched the unfaithful, but I noticed uh, the unfaithful break out. They don't transition out. Um, they fall out or get pushed out. But the faithful transition out. So I, was, I used to work with youth at the, at the church. Uh, work with youth for a long time. Well, I still work with youth here at the church. I, part of the, I help with the youth ministry as we're, you know, you know, evolving into some things. Me, Lou, Sabrina, and um, Ray Lomax. I just mentioned him again. That's twice. And Melissa. I'm sorry, I forgot about Melissa. I apologize. Listen, Melissa, you got people here making sure I didn't forget. And um, so, so one day a young man came to me, and he was like, man, I just can't wait till I become a, uh, a senior. And I'm I'm out of here, man. I'm out of here. I said, really? I said, so, I said, so let me get this right. So you can't wait till you become a senior, so you're just going to break out the house. I said, listen, you, know, you don't want to break out. You want to transition out. Because God has infused and purposed your family for, to do something for generations. And he poured an anointing and an inheritance and favor and blessing into your family. Now, some people may drop the ball. But whether they drop the ball or not, that's what's inside your family. And so if you transition out, you take that power, that anointing, that inheritance, that favor with you. If you break out, you're out there on your own. Why did God birth you in this family? Why are you connected to the family? And then they may not have done right, but you might be the one that puts the family on the map. Right? But you got to transition. You can't break out. You definitely can't fall out. And you don't want to be pushed out. <laughs> right? And so, so that's what happens sometimes, even as we grow in ministry. You know, we break out, we fall out. Sometimes we get pushed out. But, but sometimes it's rare to transition. And so, and, and people, uh, probably because sometimes we think uh, faithfulness is at our convenience, or we have an entitlement mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm doing you a favor. So we come to church and we go, all right, Lord, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to look out for you. I'm coming to church again this week. You know what, Lord? I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to sing for you this week. I'm going to serve for you. As if we're doing God a favor. As opposed to we get to serve, not, I, I might serve. I might serve. I'll let you know. I'll think about it. All right? So, so, so I, was, I was meditating on 2 Corinthians 11. Let's look at this. <laughs> I, I was meditating on quite a few things. Uh, my wife traveled away, so I had a lot of reflection time because I'm used to, <laughs> used to her being around. So I was, so was look, look, she changed my whole flow. She just got back home yesterday. Changed my diet, had me out eating ice cream late, late last, last night. I don't even eat dairy no more. Uh, 
I was like, come on, let's go, let's go. I, yeah, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking. I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go get some ice cream, you know, anything. What, what, what you want to do now? I'm up all late, then go to bed to two. I was going to bed just fine. <laughs> Look, left my, left my whole bag home. So I had to borrow the book for a discipleship class. You know, I'm teaching from my phone. You know, I left my tablet, everything home. Just hanging out with you. That's so, so anyway, I was, <laughs> you can tell she moves me. All right, so anyway, I was uh, reflecting a lot, and I was just, I was reflecting on this, and, you know, reflecting on my life, but I was reflecting on 2 Corinthians 11. Now let's look at, um, I'm going to read out the Amplified on this little phone. All right, so, <laughs> so, so I'm going to read out the Amplified. It says, it says, it says, are they ministering servants of Christ? All right, I didn't tell y'all, 2 Corinthians 11, 23. I didn't, I didn't say 23, I apologize. All right, so, 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 so look, it says, are they ministering, that's, that's serving, are they ministering servants of Christ, the Messiah? Almost, we could say, are they faithful? It says, I am talking like one beside myself. <laughs> this is Paul. That's why I didn't want to read that King James, because sometimes he just be uh, master mixing words. It says, but I am more. He says, I'm beside. He says, but I am more. Are they ministering servants of Christ? He says, but I am more. With far more extensive and abundant labors, with far more imprisonments, beaten with countless stripes, and frequently at the point of death. This is five times I look, five times I received from the hands of the Jews. He didn't say to other people. He said from the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes all but one. He says, three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. He says, three times I have been aboard a ship wrecked at sea. A whole night and a day I have spent adrift on the deep. Many times on journeys, exposed to perils from rivers, perils from bandits, perils from my own nation, my own people, perils from the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the desert places, perils in the sea, perils from those posing as believers, but destitute of Christian knowledge and piety. He says, in toil and hardship, watching often through sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, Frequently driven to fasting by want, in cold and exposure and lacking clothing. And besides those things that are without, there is the daily inescapable pressure of my care and anxiety for all the churches. He says, who is weak? And I do not feel his weakness. So even if he says, I have this anxiety for what's going on with the churches and the kingdom, but if somebody's weak, I'm feeling that, right? Nobody knows it, but I'm feeling that. He says, who is made to stumble and fall and have his faith hurt, and I am not on fire with sorrow and indignation because I don't want that to happen to him, basically. He says, if I, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my infirmity, of the things which I am made weak and contemptible in the eyes of my opponent. It says, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ knows, he who blessed and to be praised forevermore, that I do not lie. 
In Damascus, the city governor acting under the king, Arteris, guarded the city of Damascus on purpose to arrest me. Like he the man, but he purposely positioned himself just to get me. I was actually let down in a rope basket or hamper through a window, a small door in a wall, and I escaped through his fingers. So I said, Paul's breaking down. We know he wrote the New Testament. He, had a, he got knocked off that horse and says, I'm going to commit to God. And he's talking about the things he went through. But we say, uh, they gave this person a position I thought I should get it. Like that. So, so, so Paul put his resume up, our resume up. I, I, you know, they, they, I thought I should get the position. Our resume up is, um, well, you know, somebody's always trying to correct me so you can harmonize with the team. We talked about that in Matthew. I mean, in Master Life class. So, so that's on our resume, right? Oh, our resume is they made me invest all my time in serving, and then they played me. That's what's on our resume. That's on mine. We was at church for 18 years, right? And I don't even know I want to even keep using the word they played me. Um, things didn't, didn't, didn't turn out the way we thought they would. That just sounds, I think that's a better perspective. Because the reality is if we're doing all things unto the Lord, it don't make a difference. Everybody may not understand how to, um, to put you in position for what you're supposed to do. Everybody may not value you the way you think you need to be valued. And I had this conversation with an individual. I said, uh, I said, I thought I mattered more. I said, but I'm a, I'm a big boy. Just because I thought I mattered doesn't mean I was as valuable in your eyes as I thought I was. I could make that statement because I was valuable in God's eyes. Independent of of maybe how I thought I should have been appreciated, right? Or what I thought I didn't deserve. But even with all that, I don't compare to what Paul's talking about. Now, how was he able to do this? No different than Jesus was able to endure the cross because of the glory that was set before him. Jesus' eyes wasn't on what he was, where he was at and what he was going through. His eyes was on what he was going to. Right? See, faithfulness keeps you locked into what you're going to. And, 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 and the thing is, in reality, you say to yourself, I can't believe God allowed this. But if you understand how this, this process works, there's somebody like myself would be saying, I can't believe he didn't. From this standpoint, how do you see if people are all in and locked into you? When everything is favorable? When things go perfect for, for everybody? How, how do you know who, who's really with you? Because in God's eyes, I didn't, that's not a punishment to me. I haven't gone nowhere. I don't care what they did. I'm still here. I mean, you walking around, you focusing more on what they've done than what I've done for you. And you're saying what they've done is, is, is bigger than my ability to save, change, heal, deliver? I'm still here. So you're looking at me like, I can't believe you allowed that. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm still here. 
Now, if, you, 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 now, if you're going to be frustrated because I left you and I've forsaken you, that's one thing, but people are going to forsake you. But, but, but I get to see, do you love me? Do you trust me? Or are you going to still stay faithful to me? Or is this circumstantial? You ever been in a relationship? Is I love you, I love you. Then, then some unfavorable circumstances happen. And then the person just abandoned you. Were well, they really with you? If that's all it took, and I shared this with somebody, and this is not, we cool. But I was in a situation where the, situ- the way the situation played out, I was kind of boxed in a position where I had to, to uh, somebody asked me a question, I had to tell them the truth. Well, by me telling them the truth, thinking the other person already told them the truth, which they didn't, this person got in trouble for not telling the truth, is the best way I could put it. Well, they had a, uh, they had a friend that I mentored all the time. Well, that person stopped speaking to me. And I said the same thing. I said, you know, I said, my bad. I thought I mattered more. Right? I said, I thought I was at least worth you asking me a question. Like, even if you, man, I think you should have done something different. At least ask me a question. But I wasn't even worth a question at the time. And now I'm still cool with that person because, again, one moment or one mishap or one slip or even the uh, betrayal and pain can't change a solid relationship, especially if it's with Christ, right? Can't change. My wife says this all the time. She says, you know, she's, you know, we've watched people just totally abandon God because people did them wrong, not God. And she said, man, it just shows you where, how connected people were with God. So, so I'll share this. You know, because the scripture says, uh, we talked about this last week, uh, what is it, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. The form doesn't grant you fulfillment. Faithfulness does. And so we, we sometimes, and, and everybody's not trying to fake the funk. Some people, they, all they know is form. We were talking about uh, in Master Life, discipleship and, and mentoring and, and teaching people and, and, do, and, you know, I'm going to do what they do. You know, I'm going to mimic what I see. And so that's just a part of culture and life. But the goal is for eventually it, be, it to be such a habit because I agree to follow you and do the things you're doing mentally. That's mental ascent, consciously. But when I start to practice these things and they become a lifestyle, it, it fills up my conscious and pours into my subconscious and becomes my default. And it's my default. My default or my subconscious is what I do without thinking about it. Scripture says, be, it doesn't just say be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12, 2. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind in Ephesians 4, 23. So in the core of who you are. So that means when under pressure, what you're going to do? You're going to do what's in you. So, 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 you know, people go, well, I know I curse if I stub my toe. I just stub my toe the other day and curse. Well, listen, man, it's, it's, man, I just lost my job. <laughs> hey, we got to go get us a drink. Do we? Yes, we do. Drink of the spirit. Look, look see, there you go. Somebody going to take that sound bite. <laughs> Pastor Keith said... <laughs> <laughs> so somebody goes to take that, try to try to mix it differently, and 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 that's this is the thing. Like like, not putting no one down, but our operating system has to shift, 
and change. And how does it change? Uh, I heard Dr. Ira Hill, you talk about this. Uh, I was talking about this the other day. And uh, he, he talked about, he's the first person I heard teach renewing the mind. I know Casey Treat is, has a book on renewing the mind. And he was just talking about, and he used the example of when you first learn how to ride a bike. When you first learn how to bike, you get on consciously. You know, try to keep your balance. You know, they, they teach you how to keep your balance. But right now, if you've ever ridden a bike, we just go get on a bike now. How come every time we get on a bike, we don't go, oh, I hope I keep my balance? Because it's in our default. It's what we do without thinking about it. And so it's the same thing. Faithfulness has to become our lifestyle, our default. What we do without thinking about it. So pressure doesn't change. Listen, so, so I always use sports, but basketball, one of the things about playing basketball, you have to train yourself to do, uh, to, to do everything the right way, even when no one's watching. So if I'm out there, well, I always had a Holy Spirit out there. With, so I'm out there and toe, knee, elbow, reaching the net. I got to do that even when no one's watching. I got to do the right thing the right way all the time. So when, I, when I've been under pressure, there's times I've been under pressure and I won the game, but I, 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 I kid you not, on the inside, I was like, man, they expecting me to make this shot. But my body said, I caught the ball and just did what the habit was before I could think about it. And then so I, I got the, woo, oh, man, he cold, man, he cold. No, I wasn't thinking cold. You know, just keeping it real, I was, it was habit. It was their default. And so it's the same thing. Faithfulness can be a default. But, it's, but you can't visit it. Like, you can't visit the Word. Scripture says, meditate on the Word, there and I do all that's written therein. Then shall you make a way prosperous. Then shall you have good success. Joshua 1.8. I know I'll probably paraphrase it a little bit. But God gave us that Scripture because He knew for us to change, renew our minds, renew the spirit of our minds, we got to meditate on the Word, day and night. That's how we become faithful. But as soon as our mind tells us, eh, I don't think it'll take all that. Well, 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 you know, it's not that important. Well, I'm trying to be positive, Christian, talk about God, go to church, uh, but you got to have a balance. But I'm also going to be doing the world. You know, I'm just not going to be out there like dumb. I'm not going to be way out there. See, they out there. I'm not out there. You know, I just do it moderately. That's not in the Bible. Right? And I'm saying that to say, like, like, have we ever really tried God? I mean, all of them. Before we, we check out or compromise, have we ever really tried? I'm telling you, if you get all in, you wouldn't be able to do nothing else. Nothing quenches your thirst like God. Nothing. And so, so, so that's, that, that level of faithfulness is not form. It's not just form, Right? You know, and this is the thing, if you water down the standard, you'll excuse the compromise. If you water down the standard, so, so and, and, and the world kind of trains us to water down God's standard. I understand the standard is hard, but it's hard if we're doing it ourselves. Scripture says, apart from him, we can do nothing. As long as we stay connected to Christ, he'll work in us to will and do his good pleasure. But, but if, if we think it's by our power and our might, and then every time we're challenged to take it to another level, we have a justification and an excuse around, right? Then, of course, we're not going to take it to another level, right? And God, God's trying to get something to us. Listen, a, a prepared way costs something. 
a prepared way to be faithful, it costs something. To, to, to live this life and be fulfilled, it, fulfillment should cost something, shouldn't it? You know, uh, think of something you like, whether it's a nice house, nice car, it costs something, don't it? Like you, you, I just, man, when I finally get this, this, this to my ride, man, I wanted to get this ride for the longest. Well, in, 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 in some cases, it, you know, people may give you, give you the ride, but in a lot of cases, it costs something, right? The house costs something. Even after you get the house, it still costs something, right? You hope it's over. Even if you, the house is paid for, it still costs something, right? Right, if you want to take care of it, you know, unless you want the whole house to crumble. Um, I know somebody has a, like 11,000 square foot house, and it's like, by the time I get this done and get up there, I have to come back and do it all over again. It's like I'm, like I'm living to take care of the house, <laughs> right? But it costs something. So shouldn't fulfillment cost something? If, if, you, if you got it free, would you appreciate it? Interesting enough, the access to it is free. But it costs something because the cost is you got to die daily. You got to empty yourself. You got to lay down your life. You know, Scripture says, uh, present yourself as a living sacrifice in uh, Romans 12.1, right? Holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Holy and acceptable. The Scripture tells us to, to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and might. It just keeps telling us, like, like love the Lord with all your heart. No, no, let's take it deeper with all your soul. No, let's take it deeper with all your might. With all your being, right? And, and you'll find yourself forging a faithful life, right? And, and sometimes we don't do stuff unless everybody's doing it. We're looking for everybody when God's looking for anybody. <laughs> is, there, is there one? <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like before you make a move, hey, is everybody doing it? Like if everybody's doing it, we tell ourselves it's okay. But eagles don't fly in flocks. You ain't never seen the eagle flying in flocks, right? See, the reality is faithfulness is rare. Faithfulness is rare, right? And so that's why many are called, a few are chosen. And so I'm, so I'm, so I'm just give you some, I know I have a different way of, of, of looking at things sometimes, so it's not necessarily to attach to any one person, but we have to consider these things. So how do I gauge my faithfulness, right? How do I gauge my faithfulness? If you want to gauge your faithfulness, look in your households. Look at your businesses. So if we want to gauge our faithfulness, we have to look in our households and look in our business, look at our children. We'll, we'll get a great picture of the seed of our reality. Keyword seed, what we've sown. We'll get a great gauge of what we've sown, right? And why? Because we see a reflection of, of our faithfulness in the seeds we've sown in how our children flow, how our spouses respond to us, how our, our, our staff flows with us how the people that are supposed to be taking care of business at your business are not. 
but, but it's probably a, a good gauge of how you've been with God and God's kingdom. That's not a put down. It's just a good measure. The Bible says God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that he shall reap. God is not mocked mean God's not sitting around worried about getting played. God doesn't have to. Remember I said I used to pop up when I was in corrections? I would just like do surprise visits. God don't have to do that because our seed tells on us. Right? Or whether I should say our harvest of our seed sown. Right? Or, or seed that we didn't sow. So let's look, at, let's look here um, at Proverbs, tw- I mean, Matthew 20. This is uh, something we've talked about here before the church, but let's look at it from the angle, another angle of faithfulness. All right, just for the sake of time, because this is. Uh, well, I don't want to read through the whole story. I'll just, let's just talk about the story because of time, you know, just to read through 16, uh, the whole, all 16 verses, I won't do that. Uh, so this is this guy, he has, a, he has a vineyard and he needs some people to manage it or to till it or to farm it. And he calls, calls a bunch of guys and he hires them and he, he basically develops a contract with him and says, okay, hey, if you do this, I'll pay you this amount. All right? And based on the amount, they're like, cool. You going to pay us that? Fine, we'll do it. So, you know, as, 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 as things start going, he had a, a certain time frame to get some stuff done. He realized, man, I don't have enough guys. So he goes out into the town and he sees some other guys just sitting there with nothing to do. He says, man, hey, you know, I can give you guys some work. Hey, sure, sure. What do we need to do? I tell you what, you just come at my farm. You can work. Uh, Right now, I can't tell you what I can pay you, but I'll let you know later. Man, we don't care. As long as we work, whatever you can give us, fine. So they show up. So then it was just like an hour left. He's like, man, I just need some more guys. He grabbed some other guys, made the same promise. He says, man, hey, 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 listen, I don't know what I'll pay you, but you only got like an hour's work. So whatever you can give us, fine. So they show up. So they, everybody completed the job. Now it's time to pay everybody. He paid everybody the same thing. Everybody got the same amount of time, same amount of money. The guys that got hired first was like, yo, well, how they get paid when we got paid? First of all, we've been here long, especially the guys that only worked an hour. He says, man, you, you played us. You play, you're going to pay them for hours, which you paid us for work all this time we've been working. And he said, hold on a second. Did I give you what I promised? He's like, yeah. He says, so it's on me what I do with the rest of my money and what I do with everybody else. I didn't cheat you. Remove the other workers would they have been happy with what they got? Yes. Because there would have been nothing to compare it to. And it was exactly what they agreed upon. They only got frustrated because the others got paid. So the interesting thing is the first people came by incentive. I'll pay you this. It was based on condition. Right? Everyone else came by faith. Didn't know what they were getting paid. The first group of people felt entitled. The second group of people just wanted to be faithful. 
The second group of people just loved to work. The first group, group of people needed something to motivate them. It was based on conditions only. Remove, remove the incentive, they ain't doing nothing. The other people, whether it was incentive or not, they're going to be faithful. And look, because of their faithfulness, they got paid what the first people got paid. Because their attitude was, what you need? I just want to work. It wasn't based on conditions. So the faithful are planted. These are planted people, right? Planted people. Psalm 92.13 says, they that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God, right? Let's look at uh, another way of looking at that. Jeremiah 17. The faithful are planted. See, see, I can't use these because they're actually not planted in that base, right? But I was talking to a friend of mine in, in, um, in Newark, New Jersey, so I'm going to give you a shout out. So uh, he actually, I never knew this. I've known him since high school. He actually have a garden in his, in his backyard in Brick City, believe it or not. Well, no, he actually lives, he's from Newark, but he actually lives like on the edge of East Orange, New Jersey, and Bloomfield. But still, that's still brick. <laughs> and he actually has a garden. He was telling me, man, I got cucumbers coming, this, that, and the other. And he was just talking about, he said, man, I've learned a lot, though. So he's a former police officer, and he said he, he did the garden just to relieve the tension. He says, man, it's amazing to see something grow from nothing. He says, it's a phenomenal thing. Like, <laughs> I said, I said, what out of preach? He said, he said, actually, he says, if you got in the garden, he said, it will, it, it'll visit some of your sermons. I said, it already does. You know, just the reality of, of, of by faith planting seed. See, faithfulness is like that. You plant yourself and you trust that God will resurrect you from there. Right? (laughs) Right? If you notice, you don't hear the seed screaming, kicking, man, why I got to be in the soil? I mean, no, I'm not getting up in that soil. How I know I'm coming out? (laughs) Like, you don't never see that. Like, you never hear a conversation with a seed. It just allows to be buried, except the corner, feet, corner wheat fall to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. That seed has to die to produce fruit. It has to be planted. All right, so where I tell you to go? All right, let me, I'm going to read it out of Amplified. I forgot I had that. It says, blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is in the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters. Key key phrase here. Well, key uh, scripture here. That spreads out its roots by the rivers. It says, and will not fear the heat when it comes, but its leaves will be green and moist. It will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought, nor stop bearing fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? I, the Lord, search and examine the mind and test the heart to give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. 
like the partridge that hatches eggs which she has not laid, so is he who makes a fortune in ways that are unjust. It will be lost to him before his days are over, and in the end he will be nothing but a fool. And so, so, so in this angle of Jeremiah's breaking down, really just being planted by the rivers of water, it said they, the, root, the roots are spread. It says, it says, so when that person plants, they plant in a, in a resource and the roots that no one can see. They see the fruit, but they don't see the roots. And the roots are spread and pulling in so much layered learning, so many resources from God, they just keep flourishing and flourishing and flourishing. But it doesn't start until they plant it. You can't spread roots if you ain't planted. You can't pull on those resources if you're not planted. And there's more resources in the soil that you're planting in than you can see before you get planted. And most of the resources are deep in the unseen. But you can't find it looking on the surface. You got to get, you got to get planted. You got to get deep, right? You got to spread your roots. See, Planet folk receive more consistent uh, sustaining nourishment in their roots, consistent sustaining nourishment. So that faithful person receives a lot more because they, they got their they, faithfulness. They, there's, nothing's moving them. Steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the faith. This is 1 Corinthians 15, right? Right, nothing's moving them. Circumstances, betrayal, mishaps. Pastor Mel talked about hurt. They're not moved. They're, they're, they're planted. So, so, so how does that start? That starts with God. The Bible says God set the members in the body as it pleases him. It starts with a relationship with God, and God says, this is where I want you planted. And once God says he wants you planted, you're trusting that God has within that soil everything you need. And you stay locked in and you pull on that soil. But you can't be a plant you know, I'm going to pull on this soil. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to try to pull on this. You, 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 you tell you that. You just, plant, you just can't keep hopping around. And then, you, and then the th- this is the other thing. You can't flourish everywhere. Every place is not bad, but you can't flourish everywhere. I'm from New Jersey, the Garden State. It's a wonderful place. But palm trees don't grow there. So do the palm trees go, man, Jersey weak, man. That's why I ain't going to. No, palm trees are just planted where they can flourish. You have to, you know, that's our scripture for when you find a church, find some place where you can flourish. Sometimes we didn't flourish because we weren't planted in a place that can give us the nourishment we needed. You're never going to flourish there. Doesn't mean that you wasn't going to get something to hold you over. You know, some of these plants are in people's houses temporarily till they, till they find, to somebody dig up the ground and put them in the ground. But they can't just stay in that pot. And if they stay in that pot, how far are those roots going? And what resources are the roots digging into? They got to wait for somebody to come and water the plant. These trees out here ain't, ain't, ain't thinking about that. We, we looked at some property, it was 33 acres, and the guy said, I had all this cut out. He said, I excavated all this property. I said, really? I said, but you got all these trees here. He said, he says, okay, look over here. You, said, you see where like, it looked like weeds and stuff was growing on this part of the property? 
He said, that's what was over there. He said, all, of, all, all the weeds grew in the trees. No, without, no, nobody was coming there every day to water them. Them trees just, just right now, we, these trees out here, we, we ain't out there. <laughs> hey, hey, we don't even water the grass. I tell you, that grass is amazing. You know why? There's water because you got the lake back there, you know, and then you got a creek over here. There's water underneath the surface. Well, we don't have to water the grass. We had true, true green treated, and after that, we had to do nothing. That's how God wants our life, always flourishing because we, we're planted and we're rooted, right? We're faithful. So, so, so this is the thing. The faithful live out the foundation of their lives, sometimes in covert. When I see this planted into the ground, for a long time, you don't even see it. When they had us plant those plum, uh, plum trees in our backyard in, 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 uh, on Goldsmith Avenue in Newark, New Jersey, and, you know, every year, I, I always tell the story because they had me doing agriculture. So they made me plant, uh, so we had to turn over the soil in the summertime and plant grass seed, but then they made us plant tulips. And I've told you this before, but the tulips, we planted them in the fall and they grew in the spring. That's the climate for the tulips because if they grow in the summer and it's too hot, obviously they grow in the winter, it's too cold, right? And so, but they were growing two seasons later. So when we planted the plum, the, the plum, uh, the, the plum tree seeds, I'm thinking, I'm looking two seasons later. I'm a kid. I'm like, where the plums at? But time would go by. Then, then after, and, and I, we would see nothing. There was nothing coming out of the ground. Man, ain't no plums. Talk about a plum tree. Then eventually I saw something coming up at the ground. I said, oh, yeah, we're going to have plums. We got many plums as we want. We can just eat plums. We just come in our backyard for free. We only had to go to the store. We just eat plums. And then the tree started growing, and I ain't seen no plums on it. So I was like, well, maybe I got to grow taller. Then it grew taller. Some years went by. It still wasn't no plum. Then these flowers start blooding. I said, man, this is a white flower tree. This ain't no plum tree. Years would go by, and all of a sudden, one year, I don't know how many years it was, I was a kid, plums. See, I, was, I, had, a, I had a tulip mentality for a plum tree. What type of tree are you? And do you have a tulip mentality and you're a plum tree? Are you frustrated like I was as a kid because, man, by now, I, I, I should have my harvest. <laughs> see, see, there's a covert time. Man, I, listen, them plums was in covert for a long time. The tree was in covert. Like I wouldn't even see it. You didn't see nothing. So, so, so the, the life of the faithful person is, is in covert for a while, humble beginnings. Right? What well, I call humble beginnings, wise wilderness. It's, it's, it's a wilderness time. It's covert living. It's behind the scenes. Always trying to jump so everybody see you. Do you trust that God can resurrect you from there? Now, one time that I see one of those plums like throw up like a signal or a flare or something. Hey, we down here. Just want to let you know we down. Nah, they just stayed buried until it was time for them to resurrect. The faithful stay buried and let God resurrect them from there. I never, no negotiation, no, I just want to let you know I'm here. See, that's what happens when you have to use your phone for your notes. 
You know, that, hey, that. it's on airplane mode. Thank you very much for your help, but it's actually, it's actually on airplane mode, but that doesn't stop the alarms. <laughs> See, people be trying to give me a hard time over here, the barber. <laughs> Come on, bro, put your phone on airplane mode. Don't you tell us that? It's on airplane mode. <laughs> All right, it's cool. But, but so, so, so you understand what I'm saying? Like, you never see the, uh, an ambitious seed. Never. A hustling seed. A manipulative seed. Right? Actually, you don't even see a mad seed. Offended seed. An insecure seed. Shout out to Venetia. That, was, that wasn't mine. She's just, <laughs> right? You don't see none of that. But you do see something. You see a buried seed. You said an obedient seed. I don't know if it has a choice. <laughs> see, that's the difference. We have choice. Can we stay buried? Can we stay faithful, right? <laughs> see, this buried stage, that's the faithful in the least stage of our life. Faithful in the least stage. And I, we, we all tempted, man. I'm growing, you know, in, in, the, in things of God and stuff like that. I mean, I, I think everybody want to be somebody at least, right? Somebody don't want to be nobody? <laughs> you know, I think, so, so I don't think that that's a bad thing, you know. We have an empowering environment for that reason, you know, because people have purpose to do stuff. But still, even though you're gifted, even though you know you could do stuff, you got to let God resurrect you from there. You got to stay buried. You got to be faithful, man. And that's what's been stealing our fulfillment. Either sometimes no one's taught us or sometimes it's just been difficult. But, man, if we could just stay faithful as a lifestyle, man, you, it's a wonderful thing. Things start to overtake you, right? Things start to overtake you. And so <laughs> Scripture says the suffering of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us, right? Right? Uh, was that uh, Romans 8, 18, right? But, but, you know, 10 verses later, he says, like all things work together for our good, right? Mm-hmm. Now, somebody said that to me the other day. I said, don't, don't forget the rest of it. Look, look at Romans 8, uh, 28. Because I was talking to somebody the other day. Said, well, you know, well, all things work together for you good. I said, there are some other, there's some other information in the Scripture that may be important. Right? Look, now, now, well, the key thing is this, we know. So we're confident in this. This is we know that all things work together for good. Look, to them that love God. That's in there. And to them who are called according to his purpose. You know, around here, according to the word according, is in harmony with his purpose, right? So it's just not working together for good for, for, for anything and everything, right? And everybody. There's somebody that don't love God and somebody's not in harmony with his purpose. And see, it doesn't mean that you could be doing a good thing that's not a God thing for your life. And so you can get frustrated because you know I'm doing a good thing. So God should, be, should endorse that. No, 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 no. God is saying, 
That's something you chose to do. He's told me plenty of times. He said, keep it, man, that's nice. Wonderful deed, uh, good. Don't, that looks very godly, but that's not what I told you to do. There is, that's not my opinion. The Bible says I'd rather obedience than sacrifice. So when I do the good thing that I can do that, that, that may, you know, I've sacrificed, I gave of myself. I, I you know, I could have did this, but I sacrificed. I mean, it's nothing wrong with sacrifice, but in comparison to obedience, there is no comparison. He said, I'd rather obedience than sacrifice, right? So the faithful live a life of obedience. The faithful live a life of obedience. You know, you can live a life of sacrifice and not be faithful. <laughs> right? But live a life of obedience, right? And so, so you know, the Scripture talks about we, us decreasing so he can increase, John 3.30, Galatians 2, being crucified with Christ. All those things bury us into a position to be planted and be locked into what God wants us to do. And then let God resurrect you from there, right? Let God resurrect you from there. So that's why there's a faithful few. I have some other stuff that I'll share with you next week. Um, you know, that's why everybody doesn't die daily. 1 Corinthians 15:31. Everybody doesn't die daily. But, but why do you have to die daily? Because self doesn't want to allow faithfulness. Self wants to shine. Self wants to, to, to push. Self wants to be anxious, right? Uh, self wants to quit. Self wants to compromise, right? Self wants to cheat, right? <laughs> right? Self ain't got no integrity, <laughs> Right? And so we got we to gotta die daily. And, and the, the scripture says, uh, what's, what's, what's Luke 9, 23? What is it? Deny yourself, right? Take a cross and follow, right? That's survival kid, you know, that's, that's penetrated Z's heart. Z's actually going to do a, a teaching on denying yourself. She don't know it yet. I wasn't on girl talk. Why you said that? Are you serious? I'm flowing in the gifts, y'all. What? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I'm serious. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And I'm just, y'all know I was playing, right? <laughs> but, uh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, you can't cheat. You can't cheat, let the barber write it. <laughs> well, this is the thing. You know what the benefit of denying, denying yourself is? Um, they don't see you coming. <laughs> see, see, uh, <laughs> see, <laughs> this is something just hit me. But the scripture says, you must be born again. Marvel, Marvel not, I said you must be born again, right? He says, uh, he says man, uh, Nicodemus said, so I'm old. Let's go back to being a child, go back into my mother's womb. He said, man, he said, no, no. He said, that's, that's born of water. He says, he says, you must be born of water and of the spirit. 
So you were submerged in water. Now you got to be submerged in the spirit to, 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 to even see the kingdom of God, to enter into the kingdom of God. So he just broke it down to him. But then he said, he, he started to explain to him what being submerged in the spirit of being born again is. He said, man, the wind listed is, he says, but y'all, y'all know where it's coming from or where it's going. You can't see it. You can't do nothing with the wind. You can't control the wind. He says, that's how we are designed. John 3, uh, 3 through 7. They're not supposed to see us coming. Some of us, <laughs> I'll be nice, but y'all know, y'all know, so, like, like, you, we used to say with basketball, uh, we used to go uh, for the guy on the other team, like he'd be missing shots and stuff like that. Like, oh, he with us. <laughs> like, oh, he with us. And then, you know, I'm a, I'm a character. I'd be like, hey, man, I got that, that box of pizza for you at the end of the game. Good looking out, man. Just keep bricking those shots, right? Well, like, some of us with the other team. The adversary sees us coming and can easily take us out. I remember I was on another team, and how he used to get me with misunderstanding. I don't like, I like people to understand. Obviously, I know that. I'm always explaining things, right? And you always get me with the misunderstanding. Like, in the early years of the marriage, if, if, if my wife didn't understand, boy, that was going to be a heated discussion because I'm going to talk to you for like five hours for you to understand. You got to understand. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Where you going? Come out of that bathroom. We gonna, you got to understand. <laughs> Where you going to be in the bathroom? I'm going to give you an understanding out here. <laughs> if that don't work, I'll pace up and down the house, sharing my understanding like a buffet, and hopefully you'll catch it. You're going to tell me I need to do such and such. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Well, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Oh, but remember when you did this, that? Now, I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to her. I'm talking to myself. Just hoping you catch it. <laughs> I'm getting my point out. Because <laughs> I got to be understood. I'm not trusting God can, can penetrate her understanding and reveal to her incitement through enlightenment. No. I know exactly how to explain it for everybody to understand. If you just hold on a second, shut down your emotions, and listen to me. <laughs> yeah. He's get me every time. I was joining the other team. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Mel, using that line, how did that work for you? Didn't work at all. Just to let you know, does not work. Y'all new couple, hey, it don't work. I'm going to help you out. Go to prayer. Remember, wisdom from above is first pure. Right? Go pray. <laughs> let, let, hey, go to the satellite. Don't go direct. <laughs> Send that information through the satellite, <laughs> right? And, <laughs> and, 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 and so how, when I said I was on the other team, the adversary almost would be like, he with us. Because every time we would get to a certain level, or I would, I would get to a certain level even before I met her, I would mess something up because either the right fight or my own understanding or my logic or, you know, Thinking I'm the smartest person in the room, you know the person that thinks they're the smartest person in the room is the fool, right? Oh, my bad. (laughs) 
a couple fools snuck in the, in the door. <laughs> Didn't tell us, right? Right? That, but I, that was me all the time, just playing for the other team. And, and, and I, was, I was like, man, Lord, how do I keep getting into this? He said, because you keep playing for the other team. Like, the adversary, all you got to do is, like, send somebody to you. Is it that easy to misunderstand you? That's all it takes? He says, man, die, Keith, die. That's what he told me, die. So that means if somebody misunderstands me, I got to take it. Trust that God will give him an understanding. Uh-oh. I had to trust that my mouth was not more valuable than God's impact. Uh-oh. That's going to change some things, huh? If you hearken, listen with the intent to obey, it'll change something, right? So I had to get off that team, man. I was, listen, I'm an exhaustive thinker, so I'm talking to people that I know. So, James, me and you are a lot alike, right? So, exhaustive thinker, too. It's hard, like, if you think, like, you think you see it, right? Well, I'm using me, you know, you're a lot more, you know, you're older, you, you, you went through a lot. <laughs> so, 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 you had to lead a lot of folk, like a whole team, you know, like, like, you know, you commanding armies. After a while, you're like, okay, I'm going to do something different. <laughs> I'm, hey, hey they're getting on my nerves, but I'm getting on their nerves too. And that's what I was doing. Like, you know, and I had to shift some things. Like, I had to really shift some things. I'm on God's team now. Hey, you know how I got on the team? I died. <laughs> I died. I decided to be faithful and say, let me see. God's results. Even when, you know, there's people, you know, because, you know, once you, once you pass that test, right, you know, you remember when you passed that test? Then he, then he tried other stuff. Like he tried to send people around us doing stuff that you know you're designed to do, and then he'll send people around that ain't doing it nowhere near the way you would do it. I mean, when I say nowhere near, like nowhere near, it's obvious. And you're like, you're doing what? And so you still got to be faithful. Because it's not about, I just told you the story, it's not about comparison. They're doing whatever they're supposed to do. And if, even if you think you can do what they're doing better, God has more than what they're doing for you. Matter of fact, you're frustrated because you're not doing something, and God is like, I got much more than that. The delay is to prepare you for much more than that. That's what you're willing to settle for. That's not all I have for you to do. <laughs> so, 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 so don't leave faithfulness because I'm not done preparing you yet. That's what God is saying. Hey, don't jump out, hey, don't jump out of being buried. Wait for my resurrection. When I resurrect you, is in a proper time and proper season, proper resources with everything you need and you're in a position of fulfillment. And guess what? The whole time they never saw you coming. <laughs> they never saw you coming because you was buried. <laughs> they never saw you coming. You know, we're, uh, we're bothered. I know I was bothered because people would play me or betray me or, you know, you come up with an idea and somebody take the idea and take credit for it. You ever been through that? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, amen, brother. <laughs> right, right. 
But, <laughs> but, 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 but in all honesty, they saw me coming. It was easy to play me, easy to betray me, easy to put me down, easy to take me, stuff me in a place where they can control me. Because they saw me coming. And I'll tell you right now, it's a wonderful life. You know why? Because I'm a nobody. <laughs> they don't see me coming. Now, y'all know what I meant when I said nobody. Somebody's going to take that and flip that. That's a negative confession. Why are you putting that? That's not what I was saying. The self guy is nothing. So God could be all. <laughs> I love it. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Let's stand on our feet. That's enough.